Hey there, and welcome to the Profitable Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Ann Keeney. And this is the podcast where we help six-figure coaches, VAs, and entrepreneurs all around the world scale their sales, break free from the one-to-one hustle, and skyrocket their profits online. Because we believe that the best business is a profitable one, and real CEOs make money, not coffee. So rise up, join the revolution, and let's get down to business. All right, guys, my friends, let's talk about pricing, okay? This is number one. I want to share with you guys four things that are going to help you create clients from your audience in record-breaking time this week, today, right? Number one is increase your prices, okay? Raise your rates, okay? Um, So here's the thing. A lot of people will come to me and they'll show me their program and they've got this price point on it. And it it puts me in a state of like, wow, like this is extremely valuable. Like you're really going above and beyond here. Why is the price so low? Right. Oh, well, you know, my audience is like they're new or they can't afford it. Or, you know, COVID is happening right now. Like life is happening. So like people don't have money. Nobody can afford this. Nobody's going to pay this. And I'm like, whoa whoa, 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 whoa. That is entirely not true. That's entirely not true, right? That's a story. That's a story that you have told yourself, okay? Let's let's keep it real here. Yep, COVID's happening uh, at the time of recording this. Yep, there's things going on in the world around us. There always is. There always has been. Always will be, right? There's always going to be those things. You still see people driving around in a Rolls Royce. You still see people buying their homes. You still p- see people investing in property. You still see people buying expensive jewelry, shopping at Chanel, going to Gucci. You still see people, you know, stocking up on food and how household items and um, traveling, and you still see people investing and spending a ton of money online and offline, right? Online and offline, I think we can all agree that we can see people investing, okay? There's still people online who are investing in high-end programs. Um, They're investing in coaching. They're investing in support. They're investing now more than ever in nutritionists, health coaches, um, trainers, yogis, right? Like uh, instructors and stuff like people are still massively, massively investing. So we have to understand the reality and the facts, right? That yes, there's going to be a portion of humans who are taking a step back and they might be hoarding their money. They might be in a state of fear. They might be in a lot of resistance or have a lot of mental, emotional thoughts going on right now where they think and feel that now's not the time to invest in anything. Now is not the time to make any decisions. Now is not the time to put the the gas pedal to the floor. Now is the time to take my foot off the gas pedal, slow down, screech and halt, just stop. I'm taking a step back and I'm checking out. There are people doing that. There's brick and mortar doing that. There's entrepreneurs doing that. There's humans doing that across the globe. But that is not everybody. And that does not mean the same thing for everybody. I, for one, have invested more into my life and my business than prior to COVID. Um, In fact, I've hired more team. 
I've retired my husband. So we lost that income and I retired him home with me. Um, our, both of our children are here at home, uh, doing school here at home. Um, we're investing. I mean, we, we've gone out and purchased toys and games and things for us to do around the house, right? Because we're not getting out as much, but we got things to do here. Uh, we, we, we're still investing, right? Um, I'm investing in coaches and mentors. I'm hiring team. I've added more team members. And my clients are actually doing the same exact thing because that's what I teach them to do. Before COVID even hit, I was telling my clients, like four months before COVID even happened, I was already telling them, your gas pedal needs to be pressed to the floor and you need to be focusing on building a thriving business, not a surviving business um, so that you can stand a recession or an economic crisis and be on the other side of it thriving. Okay. So your higher price point plays such a big part in this guys. Here's why, because who do you think is going to be the first person to back out of an investment or a commitment in your, in your company, uh, in your programs, your packages, your services. Who do you think is going to be the first person to say, I need my money back. I need to request a refund. I, I changed my mind. I'm out. Um, I'm pulling the plug. I can't do it. I changed my mind. I got to stop. Life is happening. Oh my God, crazy is going on right now. And I just can't do this. It's such a bad time in. It's not a good time. I made a mistake. Who do you think is doing that first? The first people that are going to be doing that to you in your company are the people with the least skin in the game. The people who made the smallest amount of pay, uh, investment, the smallest payment to you. The people who um, you sold something super low to and they had a really bad mindset, but you dragged them in and now you're dragging them around and now they're out because they don't even have a third of the commitment in their business and their goals as you have in it, right? Many of you listening to this you are probably more invested in your client's success than they are. And that's not a good thing. Okay, that's actually not a good thing. So when you raise your prices, there's a few things that happen. And, and right out of the gate, guys, raising your price does not mean you have to work more and you have to put more effort in now. That's not what that means. Higher level clients don't require as much of your time, as much of your energy, as much of your attention. They don't have as many questions. They're not as needy. They're not as needy, okay? Higher level clients with a higher mentality and a, a really dialed in, locked in commitment to their goals and their success with or without you, um, they, they just don't need as much from you, okay? They don't need you to convince them. They don't need you to tell them to get out of bed and go to work today. They don't have 5,000 questions all day, every day, same ones over and over. They just don't require that. So charging more does not mean you actually have to work more. You're gonna work way less with higher level clients with a better mentality than you are someone with who put in a smaller investment, wants everything in 24 hours, but doesn't wanna do the work and has a really bad mindset. This is not judgment, guys, it's facts. It just is what it is and it's okay. We're all in our own place and we've all been there, right? But what you need to understand is that by lowering your rates, you're attracting a different type of person. Your price points attract your people. I don't care how you slice it. Your prices attract your people. Write that shit down, guys. Your prices attract your people, okay? You're not attracting Marie Folio if you're selling something for 500 bucks. It's not gonna happen. She's not even gonna look at your stuff, okay? It's not gonna be. It's just not gonna happen. 
So does that mean that if you raise your prices, people in your audience won't buy? Probably if you built an audience of broke people. Yes. If you've spent time building an audience of people with no money, then obviously almost anything you put in front of them, they can't afford it. And they're probably not going to buy it. And if they do, you're going to have to drag them in and then drag them all around. And they're just going to exit anyway. They're not going to really commit anyway. Okay, so we need to understand that. The other thing with your prices, your price points is that it's the perceived value that someone sees. When I look at a program that is $500, instantly I look at it and the value, my perceived value of that program is $500. I don't look at 500 investment, a $500 investment and say, wow, it must be worth a million dollars. No, I say it's worth 500 right? If it was worth more, you'd charge more. It's worth 500. So if I look at your program, service, or product, you have a price of $500 and you're going to work with me for 30 years because you're giving your whole life away for 500 bucks. If I look at that, all I see is $500 worth of value. So guess what? I'm going to match that and put in $500 worth of effort because I'm only expecting $500 worth of ROI. Do you guys understand? That is just like logical thinking. Um, no one's going to look at your stuff and be like, oh my gosh, $500, that's it? Cool. It's, it looks like it's worth a million dollars. I'm going to get in there and give it my whole life. Ain't going to happen. That, that's just not going to be, guys. That's not going to happen. If you sell something for $27, the perceived value is $27. They're going to put in $27 worth of effort because they're expecting $27 worth of return on that $27 investment. Okay, people don't invest $27, give it everything in the whole world and go gung ho on it like mad woman and then expect to get $10,000 worth of ROI from it. Okay, so the price of your of your product or program is the perceived value of it. If I go to Chanel and I buy a bag for $3,000, I expect that it's $3,000 worth of insane value. If I go to Walmart and I buy something for 10 bucks, I'm expecting the value to be 10 bucks. I am not expecting to walk out of there with any Chanel bag. I'm expecting to walk out with something cheap and affordable at 10 bucks. So am I going to put that purse up on a pedestal and lock it up in a jar in, in, in a jug or a jar or some kind of box with like diamonds around it? Nope, it's 10 bucks. I'm going to throw it on the floor, <laughs> right? Like it, it, it's going to sit on the, on the floor, like beside my bed, right? Like that's where it's going to sit. That's just the reality. reality. I pay 10 bucks for it, it's going to sit on the floor. If I pay thousands of dollars for a Chanel bag, I don't think that thing would ever see the floor. I don't think it would ever even be introduced to dust, let alone throwing it on my floor, right? There's a there's a perceived value. When you invest a lot of money in something, you care for it more. You have more commitment. You have more skin in the game. You have this emotional connection to it because, you know, you have, you, you put a big investment into it. It, it you know, um, it, it costs you you know, a big investment and it means something to you and it's important to you. And so you take care of it. We can all relate to that, right? Um, we can all relate to that. So, I mean, I did the same thing, you know, with, with my homes, you know, we used, when we've bought homes that were like really in bad condition, but they were super affordable. Like we just didn't have the same care for it. We just didn't have that same, like, um, you know, skin in the game for it. Uh, same thing with my vehicles. I've, I used to have, like, I got this vehicle when I was first able to drive. 
Uh, it was a neighbor selling it. It had no transmission, but it had almost no miles on it. And it was like, she's like, I'll give this to you for $50. She's, and I'm not kidding you. My first vehicle was this little tiny red Ford. Um, and it had no transmission. It needed a new transmission. But other than that, it ran great. It had barely any miles. She's like, I just need, I already have a new vehicle. She was an old, old woman. She's like, I just need to get it out of here. She's like, give me 50 bucks, it's yours. And, you know, at the time, my parents were like, well, you do understand transmission isn't going to be cheap and whatever, right? Needless to say, I, I, got I got help from the state at that time in my life to get a transmission in this car so I could get back and forth to work and take care of my son as a single mother. And not to say that I didn't take care of it, but that thing broke down on me in the middle of the highways, in the middle of the turnpike, middle of the street in the city constantly, almost every week. It broke down my, my toddlers in the back. I'm having like strangers get out and try to push it out of the way so people could get through the green light. It was the most embarrassing thing. And I didn't take care of it. Right. I let my kid eat in the vehicle. I ate in it. We threw trash on the floor. We just didn't care for it. I, I didn't appreciate it right? Because it, it wasn't good to me. I didn't pay very much. So no skin in the game for me. Um, and I didn't care for it properly. But when I bought my new vehicle uh, that we have now, um, I paid a lot of money for it. It was, you know, zero miles off the lot. It was gorgeous. It was exactly what I had imagined sitting in my vehicle, uh, in my driveway before I even bought it. Um, it just had the bells and the whistles of what I wanted. And I paid a beautiful, pretty penny for that. And, you know, fast forward to this point a year later, um, we don't eat in that vehicle. We don't do anything. It is, it looks as new as it did when I drove it off the lot. Um, it goes in for all its, you know, maintenance ahead of time. It goes through the car wash. It's got, it's parked in a garage. We maintain it and take good care of it because I have invested so much into that vehicle and because it has an emotional connection and because I value it, I love it. It takes good care of me. It gets us around safely. There is an entirely different perceived value in that vehicle. And that's why I was, I was, perfectly fine with paying more money. I was fine because it was what I wanted and because I saw the value in it and I loved it and I had an emotional connection and I could see me driving around in it. Um, so again, it's that perceived value, okay? Um, you kind of have to decide like, hey, are you um, a Walmart brand? Are you a TJ Maxx brand or a Target brand? Are you a Chanel or Gucci or Rolls Royce? Or, you know, are you a Mercedes Benz? Like, or, you know, are you Goodwill? Like, it doesn't matter. There's not a right or wrong, but you gotta get behind what your brand is. You need to get behind your value and then lock it in. And what that means is if you're gonna be Chanel, then raise your prices and then stand behind it. You don't lower your prices because someone in your audience says they can't afford your stuff. You don't lower, that's not the solution. The solution is go get a different audience who has money and is willing to invest or find the money because they're willing to invest in what they want. There's this idea that you've got to price according to your market is insane to me. And it's why half of you guys are so stuck and it's and broke and not able to sign client amazing clients who are just investing without without the objections. Right. And, and just doing it because they want to do they're going to do it with or without you one way or another. They're investing right? Like they're that committed to the business. Why are you trying to chase people who have no money 
do not have the commitment. They're not going to find the money. If it was in front of them, they wouldn't do it. Like, why are you trying to coax or what is it? Coax people? Course people, coax people into buying your stuff. Why are you trying to beg and negotiate people to buy your stuff? When you could just go to an audience that doesn't need you to coax them. They they're just they're gonna invest no matter what. If it ain't you, it's gonna be somebody else, right? Like, why are you doing why are you lowering your value of your program or your services instead of finding an audience who has money and already is committed to their success and they're already invested? Doesn't that make more sense? Okay. So that's going to be that, okay? Um, and again, your price attracts your people, guys. If you have a broke audience, stop talking to broke people. That's it. That's your answer. That is your solution. So go look at what you're talking about. Is it struggle bus? Is it lack? Is it negative? Is it, oh, I'm having such a hard time and, oh, life is so terrible, so hard, so difficult? Like, what are you saying in your messaging? What are you talking about in your content? That's number one. The second thing is be more niche specific. There's a power, guys, in in the power of one. One niche, one program, one strategy, one target market, you know, one offer. Like this idea that you need to launch a a course, build a membership, have a one-on-one, have a group program, have a, you know, um, a back pocket $27 offer because, yeah, people, you know, that's going to attract high-end clients, Um, you know, let me have, you know, one-offs over here and VIP days over here. And let me give free stuff away too. And let me, you know, this idea that you have to try funnels and you have to try email sequences and you have to try Facebook ads and it's got to be passive and organic and this and that. This idea that you've created in your mind that you need to be doing all these things in order to be successful. If you look around, no one single coach is doing all of those things right? They're typically doing one thing at a time, one thing at a time. No, I mean, I have not seen it in this industry where they go live and say, Hey guys, I have 700 offers. Um, I can put you in a funnel. I can put you over here on this. I can send you an email sequence. I can drop you over here on my DMS. I could do this. Like that's just not happening. So the idea that you're coming into this industry and you need to be doing 5 million things to make $500 is absolutely ludicrous, right? The power of one, guys, you need to be niche specific. If you're not making 50K months, why are you trying to serve 700 different types of people? Why do you have 300 different offers? Why are you trying 700 different strategies? Why are you investing money in ads and funnels and webinars and courses when you don't even have a foundation and you're not making any consistent money right now? That does not make sense to me, okay? You need to lock and dial in your niche and your messaging and your offer. You need your system house in order or you're going to be struggling for a long time, okay? Because the things that you think are the answers are not the answers. Those are the things that are actually sabotaging your success and moving forward because instead of simplifying, you're complicating the heck out of business, right? Business isn't that hard. Show up, speak to the one person that has the money to invest and is committed and you don't need to beg, negotiate and convince her. Put an offer in front of her that solves her problem. Put a good price on it so she's locked in and, and has some, some skin in the game. And go show up and sell that. It's not that difficult. There's there's just you guys are, are complicated and you're trying to be everything to everybody. You're trying to make your price work for everybody, your offer work for everybody, your strategy work for everybody. And and, and honestly, you're sabotaging, okay? So you got there's a power in just niche-specific 
right? How clear is this? If you were trying to get into a wedding dress, you have a wedding coming up and you're trying to get into a wedding dress and you let's just say like you need to lose weight to get into the desired dress you want. If someone came to you and said, I can help you with your diet plan, your food prep plan, I can help you with your mindset, I'll help you with these things over here to get you to a good place. Okay, you have that person. And then you have this lady over here who says, hey, listen, in 90 days or less, I'll help you get in your wedding dress. Um, I think it's pretty obvious who I would go to, right? Or let's say you're trying to increase, you're having lots of sales conversations and they're not converting. You're getting more objections instead of questions, right? You're getting objections instead of questions. And you're like, oh my God, this has to change, right? I need more conversions. I need more yeses. You have this person, I'm going to help you put your offer together, your niche together. I'm going to make sure your mindset is right. Make sure your strategies are good. Yada, 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 yada. And then you have this person over here. I will help you increase your, your sales calls, conversions up to 80% started with your next call. Um, pretty clear and obvious where I would go. So again, the fact that you are like, I will help you with these 20 things over here and you're writing a book about it is part of the problem. Get niche specific, break it down into five seconds. I can help you get in your wedding dress in 90 days or less. I can help you increase your sales conversions starting up to 80% starting with your next call. I can help you get confident on video. I can help you grow your business with Facebook groups. Get more niche specific and focus on one thing. Dial that in. Okay. And then you need to have an offer that has a really great experience to go along with that, right? Can have these nice prices and this good messaging and be niche specific and have everything dialed in. And then your offer is, is you know, wishy-washy. You got to have an offer that gives people a great experience to the exact transformation that they want. And then the final is you need to know how to communicate to your audience. You need to know how to not be so overly available. You need to know how to create some curiosity, some FOMO, some, um, you know, kind of create it with where your audience is coming to you, wanting to work with you versus you running on every platform seven hours a day. You created 500 pieces of content and you're all over, you're plastered, plastered everywhere because you're so desperate for someone to see your stuff, stop the scroll and buy your program. And what you need to do is be less available and give people um, an opportunity to get curious and to be interested and to reach out to you and have that whole FOMO going on, right? Fear of missing out on something. You guys are not structuring your content properly and it's not creating that. You're just so overly available, your audience probably doesn't see a reason to even buy from you. You have so much free stuff you're doing for them that they can't even get caught up on that, let alone try to think about investing. Plus, when you give and overgive in all of your free stuff, you're giving people this idea that they have what they need and they're going to go test all that and they're not they don't need to invest right now and that is absolutely not ever the case you will never get a massive transformation from anything free first of all right you need to lock in the investment because it's your your skin in the game that gets you the results not the strategies and not the information that you're learning and consuming the information you're learning and consuming does not get you money in the bank. What gets you money in the bank is your skin in the game and doing what needs to be done. And you're not going to do that from something free that has no skin in the game, right? I hope this was helpful. I hope it opened your eyes a little bit. Love having these real talks with you guys. I hope this is something that you guys will ponder on and think about. Start making some changes. See what you need to pivot and change so you guys can start 10x in your income and simplify your scale, guys. Simplify your scale. I'll see you guys on another episode. Hey, 
Hey, hey, not so fast. As a value listener of the Profitable Entrepreneur podcast, we want to help you simplify the scale and revolutionize your income and impact online. Not just here on these weekly sessions, but every day of the week and every week of the year. We have an amazing free Facebook group with other successful, high-achieving, and profitable CEOs who are creating financial and time freedom for their families. They're breaking free from the one-to-one hustle, and they're making a real income and impact. If this is an experience that you want to have, and you want to be part of a real online community where you can connect, collaborate, co-create, scale your business, and receive uncommonly exceptional weekly live trainings from me, then head over to Facebook right now, search for the Profitable Entrepreneur Society, join us over there in the Facebook group, and my team and I will be waiting to welcome you and get you started on creating your next six figures. I cannot wait to connect with you.